This is Merchandise Mart. Transfer to Brown Line Trains at Merchandise Mart. Doors closing. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Welcome to the Wisendell Weekly Wrap-Up, uh, where we talk about architecture, design, everything in between. Got myself a mover and a shaker this week uh, for a real casual conversation. Uh, go ahead, introduce yourself. Patrick Clay, uh, Director, Managing Director of Partners by Design. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, brother, I mean, a lot, a lot, your name has been coming up a lot even before pre-COVID. They're all like, oh, you got to meet Patrick, you got to meet Patrick. I'm like, damn, who is this dude? So it, it's, it's great that, uh, you know, through COVID and through uh, other circumstances that we're finally able to create yeah. a relationship for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. The paths have finally crossed. Um, I, likewise, man, I've heard a lot about you. Yeah. You know, we got mutual friends <laughs> in the industry. You know, some of them are now working with you. Some have worked with you in the past. Um, definitely felt that when we connected, you know, we were kindred spirits. So yeah, definitely. happy uh, to, to officially start the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so a little bit, of just go ahead, keep it just explaining about who you are, where you, yeah. where you came from and how you got started. Um, how I got started. So uh, kind of an interesting story. My mom was a colonel in the army. She was also an artist. And, you know, when I was growing up, all of my friends wanted to be architects, mostly because you know, Where, where'd you grow? Uh, West Point, New York. Okay. So she was a, she was in the army. We moved every three or four years. Gotcha. Um, moved probably 22 times in my life, but yeah. um, we were kids and we would go to the city and we were like, oh man, how'd these buildings get built? You know, who did that? How's that happen? My mom was like, oh, architects did this. So I was like, oh, I want to be an architect. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> we would go back up to West Point and we would all look at Batman comics and draw. And uh, we made a pledge when we were seven years old that we'd get involved in architecture, um, be architects. and. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that followed through with it, so. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. where did you go to college at? Virginia Tech. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Very yeah. Cool. Um, how long is that program? It's five years. Five years? Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Five and years. then. Feels like 20. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like a prison <laughs> sentence, I'm sure, right? <laughs> I bet that's probably what it feels like. <laughs> I uh, I met up with Wood last week, and um because uh, we, we had a few different meetings back in Detroit to kind of plant our flag over there. Yeah. But he, he oh, cool. you, you met him back in New oh, York, Oh, yeah, right? in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, you, did, did you go you up to Detroit? Yeah, so I was in Detroit last week. Oh, nice, Setting man. up all, oh. the, all the meetings and stuff and trying to see yeah. what work is available out there. Awesome. But, uh, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he Woody. Said, uh, man, Woody, yeah. yeah. We were young pups, you know? <laughs> oh, like, yeah? Yeah, he just graduated 2006. Yeah. I don't know if he was, I, I can't remember if he was, I think he was working at the time as well, but um, yeah, we were young guys in the yeah. city. So did uh, you live in New York when you were younger? I, uh, I did. So like after I graduated college, yeah, moved there, worked for KPF, uh, worked for Santiago Calatrava. What was that experience like? It was pretty crazy. Yeah? Yeah, it was nuts. What was the office like? Office the office was... Uh, not what you would expect. Really? Yeah. I, it was, it was almost like being inside of a church, you know, um, teams wasn't very large. Uh, it was relatively quiet unless you did something wrong and you're getting screamed at. So <laughs> extremely intense, um, working around the clock. So really? where, yeah. where was the office at? It was uh 705 park Avenue. So, okay. so right on park. Yeah. Right nice. on park. Woody Allen's house was around the corner. Nice. The Spanish consulate was down the street. Hunter College was a block and a half away. So it was it was actually pretty cool. Um, you know, it was it was a big house. It was big, bigger than Woody Allen's house. He used yeah. to come over and hang out all the time in the office. <laughs> uh, that was that was a pretty crazy experience. Um, 
really intense. Yeah. Uh, as intense as you might imagine it being, and then like multiply that. Mm-hmm. What did you do when you were there? Yeah. So I was the way the office is set up. You have you have designers and you have what Sandy I would call as draftsmen. So um, I was really good at 3D work, um, and that's kind of how I made my way through the profession. And so my thesis was about process, architectural process in college. It was about developing and creating architecture uh, three-dimensionally. And now that sounds like that's what everyone does, but at the time, no one did, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pretty avant-garde, and it was about this relationship between the digital and analog um, development of architecture. And that's exactly how Santiago worked. So, you know, I shared that with them during my interview. I got hired. Next thing I know, I'm sitting behind the, you know, computer doing Rhino, printing things out, building real-time models with him, um, and then modifying the design, and then sending it to the draftsmen for them to to manifest. So Interesting. Yeah. So Uh, it was high high design. That's, uh, it was pretty intense. And, you know, the way that he basically ran this office was you would be in at 8 o'clock in the morning, Everyone had to leave at noon. You had to get completely out of the office for lunch. You didn't want to have any food in the office. It wasn't allowed. Thought that's how rats come in, and then you defile the, sa- the, the sacredness of the space, right? <laughs> um, we don't want smells in the office. So everyone would leave from 12 to 1. You come back. You work from 1 to 5. Santiago would go home, have dinner with his family. Before he went home, he would go around and tell everybody what they need to work on. Around 7 o'clock, he'd come back. And if you're still there at 7 o'clock, you're going to be there until midnight. Yeah. Or later, right? Yeah. And then when he would leave at midnight, he would say, "Oh, this is great. Now let's look at all this stuff in the morning." So if you didn't if you didn't get stuff done in enough time and leave, you know, before you know the the seven o'clock seven p.m. return, yeah, you might get stuck there until two or three a.m. Damn. So, yeah. That's and that crazy. and I, I can only I can only take that for so long. And yeah. 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 After the you know World Trade Center was under construction, I I left. Uh, decided to live in the city for six months, hanging mm-hmm. with artists and poets, smoking hookah every day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figured that I'll never get this chance ever again in yeah. my life. Then I went yeah. to teach at Virginia Tech and came to came to Chicago. Nice. Yeah. You taught at Virginia Tech. I did. Nice. I did. What was that yeah. life like? I, I always feel like if I once I retire one day or maybe was, now I'd love to teach. Yeah. It, it was boring actually. I yeah. mean, it was nice. It was it was great during the school year, but after you know when the, when the kids leave. And it's summer. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. It's great to give back. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's great to give back. You don't back. have to say but that on this like, podcast. I mean, yeah, I, I think that when I'm old, right. Yeah, if I'm yeah, 70, yeah. I might go back, but right. And, and teach maybe not there, maybe there just because it's my alma mater. So it was yeah. nice. It was great that they had me. Um, you know, cool. it was, it was cool to, see um you know the professors that doubted me yeah and say yeah i just came from santiago's office you haven't seen me in four years and here i am you know yeah yeah, i know everything exactly (laughs) you're still talking about those old war stories you know what i mean so so that was uh that was pretty cool when when did you make it over to uh swm uh 2011. okay Hmm. 2011. yeah and what was that like? I guess I'm just curious. Yeah. All your like mm-hmm. corporate experience or work right. experience, like what, what do yeah. you think was the most, most the differentiating factor between all of them? Obviously, you're at partners right now, great firm. Yeah, um, yeah. Like what has been your, I guess, overall view between all of them? Yeah, I'm. I think you know people always say, and maybe I need to go a step further back. I was an intern at SOM in 2004. 
Yeah. In San Francisco. Yeah. And that's where I met Brian Lee, who was the partner, head partner of the, of the Chicago office. He's retired now. Gotcha. Um, when I was leaving New York uh, and I went to Virginia Tech, I didn't want to go back to New York. My family's from the East Coast. I thought the West Coast was too far. So I called Brian. I said, hey, where are you? He's like, hey, I'm in Chicago now. It's great. I come out. And I was like, okay. So again, I thought that I was just going to be here for a year and then head back West. Mm-hmm. And I ended up staying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that there's a saying that SOM is the greatest postgraduate education you could possibly have. And I think that, you know, I learned things there that are kind of irreplaceable, right? And at Santiago's office, it was really about understanding the three-dimensional Rubik's Cube and stretching your brain um, and testing your, your um, physical endurance, like this ability to stay up forever in work and operate it like this really high computational and conceptual um level was mm-hmm. like was exhausting mm-hmm. um and you know som is like this finishing shop for very potent physical skills right and so i think that uh, not physical but but mental right mm-hmm. and i think that um the professional skills i learned there and obviously not everyone has that same experience you really have to kind of seek that out either you seek it out or the partners kind of pull you into it right right they force you to do it and when i first right. got there you know i'm like man i'm not getting too involved i'm laying low y'all don't talk to me i'm just <laughs> over here getting my paycheck you know what i mean and then before i know like hey you should be in management oh, and so, Lord. yeah <laughs> so is that so, where you had your first management role yeah management right. position? yeah that's right yeah so the tables turned right nice yeah nice. so and and i gotta thank them for that right yeah um, cause it, cause it, it really, you know, made me the professional I am today. Mm-hmm. I think that being able to synthesize all of the things that I've learned mm-hmm. throughout my experience and journey, bringing that together is what I learned at SOM, mm-hmm. you know, and then in partners, we just, we're just going supernova now. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Speaking of thank you, I want to give a big shout out over to Tim at coin yeah. associates for having us here. We are in the Cumberland showroom up in the merchandise mart on the 11th floor. I uh, got us some, some nice wine as well. So uh, big shout out to that for sure. Um, yeah, SOM, big, larger firm. Right. How, how many people, like what's the largest firm you've worked at? Uh, is, is I think KPF sure? was. KPF? Yeah, okay. I think we had 500 in the New York office at the time. Wow. 2006. Like, yeah. I was, I was there for a short period of time, just a year, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't need to talk about, but... <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, of course. It was, I just, it was cool. I still talk to those guys yeah. occasionally. Uh, it was just first stop out of college. Yeah. Yeah, I think Partners was my yeah. my largest firm that I was at. Yeah. Um, and now, obviously, we have a team of three and a smaller, but a, but a huge network because COVID really is, is crazy oh, on yeah. the market right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, wh- how do you think, um, you know, we don't have to dive too deep into it, but how do you feel the... COVID is really leveling the playing field or really yeah. drastically in the architecture and uh, interior yeah. design profession. Yeah, I think I think it's actually, it's interesting, right? Um, I think being nimble is an asset and being small is an asset. Yeah. And when 2008 happened, there were, a, a lot of people thought that, oh, this is the death of the large architecture firm. And I think a lot of them almost died, but you know, they didn't, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that something like this though, COVID, could actually lead to the death of the large architecture firm, <laughs> right? And so we're saying it again. Aha, here it is. 
<laughs> it's gonna happen now. Yeah. And I think that the reason why it potentially might um, is because, you know, they're confronted with a lot of factors. Like, the larger the firm is, the higher the overhead. Yeah. Right. The bigger the ship is, the commissions are gonna get smaller. Everybody's uh, strapped for cash right now, mm-hmm. so there's downward market pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be really hard to garner the fees that they have in the past and be competitive with a dispersed market. Yeah. Because right now everybody is working from home in some capacity. Some offices are planning to return. We are uh, next week actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, but who knows how long that's gonna last. Yeah. Suppose 10 people in the office get COVID, then what, right? Yeah. I'd so we've gotta go home again? Right. And I'm just saying, it's you never know, right? Yeah. And so I think that um, a dispersed workforce that uh, can sort of coalesce around a nucleus of some kind. And, yeah. and it, it could be digital, you know, it could be small meetups like this, mm-hmm. you know, I think that agility and, and the diminished overhead could be an asset. Yeah. Right. Because Absolutely. you can tailor the team to meet the pursuit and you can tailor your fees to meet the, meet the purse. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of larger firms don't have that opportunity. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, and I, I do think that um, uh, it's interesting. You can, can you turn that just? It'll be interesting to see what value. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It'll no, be that's a live see, edit. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what value uh, clients actually put on design. Yeah. Right. Because is design is is design worth millions of dollars? I don't know, but we're gonna find out. Yeah. I really think we're about to. Right. And I think that. They may find they may think that it's not, and and that and that would really push the market into a place where smaller, more agile, more nimble firms mm-hmm. can excel. Mm-hmm. So the the playing field is certainly leveled. Absolutely right. Um, well, I, I mean, I think yeah. that it also takes the modularity or like the the standardization of things sure. could possibly get pushed. You know, if you're a larger firm and you create standards, like yeah, you could have sure we can design it or you can use our standards, but you're getting reception a, you're getting reception C like whatever it may be. Um, so I think that that would be interesting to see if there be, if everything becomes standard pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's like sterile, it becomes very obvious, right? Aha. They did this for these other guys. This, this looks like test fit a, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. This exactly. looks like reception desk B or it's like yeah. curtain wall a with a uh, floor slab B and form Absolutely. D like, you know? Yeah. Well, it's uh, almost like the same thing as spec suites, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what typically cre- create three different spec suites packages Yeah. and then have that all the buildings, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I've uh, yeah. seen anything where it's been exclusive for a building where there is yeah. spec suites exclusive, exclusive for a building, but who knows? Yeah. 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 I made yeah. a few. So, so, I got a co- few. so COVID anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, all right. Uh, so I, I, you know, when your name kept coming up, it was about yeah. the, uh, the networking, uh, Oh yeah. The networking party. Oh yeah. Yeah. So talk, talk, tell us oh, a little bit about that. Feds I mean, night. Yeah. Yeah. Can we plug it? Feds night? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. know if it's ever going to come back third yeah. Thursday yeah, of the month of fans. <laughs> Come and meet us. You can yeah. continue the conversation. Be a part of the conversation. Um, that started as a joke, yeah. You know, and it turned into something that was pretty cool. It uh, it was just a project team from you know when I was at SOM, I was the lead project manager for Lincoln Yards Master Plan, and I would like to go out with the project team and the PM from Sterling Bay 
to have drinks every Thursday because we had meetings on Thursdays. So yeah, we would just go down to Federales because they have a vested interest in the spot. And I thought, hey, it might be, you know, an added benefit to go there. So we would go. And then over time, this started to grow, right? And it started yeah. to get more interest um, and become a pretty popular thing if people had the time to do it. And sure. So it was never uh, formal or sponsored, but it was just something that I did for fun to try to expand my network, bring friends together, not necessarily talk about work, but interestingly enough, you know, it really became a place where networking actually happened, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting to, to just start something like with a, a, seed, with a seed like that, yeah. and then I, it, it eventually grow and grow. Um, so what about like developments in the city? What are your yeah. kind of thoughts on all of that? Or I, I know that there's a few going on and I know that, uh, um, Lincoln yards just kind of adapted really quickly and yeah. started putting in the, um, the drive-in for sure. people to, to go to, which is great. Yeah. I think it's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, how do you, how are you seeing that affect the city? Um, oh, in general, or in general, yeah, yeah. in general and, and also, well, you know, nationwide. I, I will. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll start with close to home, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and of course you can, we can yeah. take this on tangents or wherever you want. Oh, go. okay. All right. Yeah. I, I love, I love tangents. So <laughs> yeah, you know, Lincoln Yards, I mean, I love it. I can't, I couldn't have been as close as I was to it for so long and, yeah. and like say, you know what? This thing sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't feel Do that imagine. way. <laughs> Just so I want to clarify, I don't feel yeah, that way. I don't know the, listening. For the record. Yeah. For the record, I don't feel the way I loved it. I think it's awesome. I was happy to be a part of it. And, um, and I think that, you know, each of the mega developments that we're seeing in Chicago are really interesting. Yeah. Um, whether or not they'll... Can, can we list them just because uh, yeah, I, yeah. I want to do the range so that some people yeah. who are into so, architecture, some people Right, aren't. right. So Lincoln Yards, you know, that's more on the north side. You have the 78th, which is the... It's named after the 78th new neighborhood in the city or the, the 78th neighborhood in the city. Um, and then, so Lincoln Yards is run by Sterling Bay, uh, the 78th is run by Related Midwest. And then you've got uh, Mitchell Reese, which is tangent to uh, Bronzeville, and that's a uh, far point. Yeah, so huge, huge development. It's huge. I mean, that one is like, it, it's so big, it's almost unbelievable, right? right? I'm like, yeah. whoa, really? <laughs> but I mean, it, again, if, if these things happen, I think it would be amazing. I just don't know what COVID does to the timeline, right? And I'm seeing some movement in the 3P area, right? So anything that is, you know, um, anything that is a 3p which is like you know public private partnership i think has got a little more juice behind it um you know the capital development board they've got funding that's earmarked for certain projects in the city that and a lot of them are located in these major development areas mm-hmm. um i just don't know you know if we talk about you know 10 million square feet of office space who's the anchor tenant you know what i mean i don't know you know, we, we have a lot of tech clients yeah, it's huge. Um, and, you know, and you hear like sometimes it's tech clients, right? But mm-hmm. what did, you know, Twitter released a statement that said no one, no one has to come back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's really, it's really hard to, uh, if I'm a broker, I'm nervous. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who I put inside these spaces. So I think that's that's the question. And then, so what is the pivot, right? And it, it was great to see that Sterling Bay did something that was different and unique um, with the space that they have, mm-hmm. particularly for the interim, uh, you know, the near term. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think um, there's some other issues we have to tackle right now. I mean, we've got, 
uh, we got a lot of violence in the city right now yeah, right like yeah. this is yeah, yeah even and i'm not usually one to raise my eyebrow at it but even today i said what 50 people shot today i was like what <laughs> it's a it's tuesday <laughs> this week already my god yeah you know so yeah. chicago is is going crazy and then new yeah. york had 60 something people shot um so yeah I, man, I think i think people are definitely I don't want to say waking up because I think yeah. everybody's been pretty woke for yeah. for a while now. It just some people have been woke. Now yeah. everyone's woke. Well, true. Some yeah. people have been woke. I, I that was a very blanket statement for me. But um, you know, I just think tempers are really flaring up. And yeah. Oh, head and chief isn't really helping the situation. Yeah. Either, so. Apparently not. Um, yeah. But yeah, a million square feet. I mean, I remember listening to the guy from Riverside talk about the deal when he brought Boeing into oh, the yeah. city. Um, and I just think to myself, like, who, what headquarters is going to come down yeah. and, and do something like that? Salesforce, right? Forward. You're right. Exactly. And I mean, we'll see what happens. I think they're, they're, they're going forward right mm -hmm. there. They seem to be committed, mm -hmm. um, and excited about it still. So that's really interesting. But, uh, I think that that might be an anomaly, right? I don't right. think that that's like, I don't think that's a new normal or the rule for, mm -hmm. for the current world that we're current for the world that we're currently in. I, I think they're everyone's taking a wait and see approach. No one knows what the market's going to do. We don't know if people are going to, you know, f corporate firms that have large human resources divisions, mm -hmm. are they going to actually force their people to come back to work? I'm not sure. I don't right. think so. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I, I don't think so. Yeah. And and that's why the stipends are coming out and that's why those are, yeah. you know, the work from home stipends and stuff. Yeah. So that's going to be, but I mean, something has to happen, right? Right. Don't, right. Don't, well, don't you? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe this is the new normal. Who knows? Yeah. Who sure. knows? I mean, you know, like coming down here today, it's like mm -hmm. a ghost town, right? Yeah. The Mart is a ghost town. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful really furniture is. with really nobody is. in yeah. any of these spaces. So Yeah, man. I mean, I think this is why, you know, I, I personally, obviously, I, yeah. I am a little bit biased on this, but, uh, you know, I think stuff like this podcast and stuff like other interesting things, we're having like the Weisendell Radio, like yeah. we're activating these spaces where no one really has to come in. Like right now, it's just the two of us. If anybody's really concerned how we're we're sitting here, it's <laughs> yeah. just the two of us. In the, it's the two of us in this room. Yeah. But like the, the people are still seeing products, yeah. right? And they're still uh, being activated throughout it. So it's right. just an, another way to engage people. I think is super yeah. uh, important. But yeah, I think it's a uh, it's definitely an interesting time. Yeah, but I think sure. this is an interesting opportunity mm -hmm. for you guys, right? For yeah. Weisendale to create something inside the mart at this moment. This may never happen again. Right. Right? When right. when things rev back up eventually, and we don't know if that's five years. We don't. I mean, it could be one year. It could be, let me start back. It could be two months, six months, one year. Two, I mean, and that's the thing. I don't think anybody knows. But right now, you are the king of the merchandise part. Right. And I would embrace that, right? Because <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> it, it, it's it seems like an office, awesome place to hang out in. And I prefer being here, actually, when it's like this. Yeah. Like, not when it's crazy and packed and, yeah. you know. But when we, talk, when we talk about, like, rent and, yeah. you know, Mark and I were talking today, like, could you imagine just four months of people, like, we were walking oh, by yeah. one of the larger showrooms. Like spending that dollar amount and just getting really nothing in return. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a huge effect. And oh, how yeah. are people going to react to Neocon? You've been to Neocon, yeah. I'm right? Right. Like, how are, how, is that, how are people going to react to that? I, Neocon's like Vegas. I don't think, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. If everyone's going to run around with their mask on with like, you know, Cumberland, like, 
Stitch on it probably, right? Yeah, I mean, right? everyone's going to have a mask. You have like your swag bag is filled with masks and gloves, right? I mean, yeah. but we have to see how COVID mutates too. I mean, I just think, and, and I mentioned this a lot. It's one of my, uh, one of my sayings now, I guess, and people have quoted me on it, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But I don't ever want to design a space that looks like it was designed during COVID. Yeah. You know, I don't want anyone to say, oh, man, they must have done this during COVID, right? I mean, that just, sure. Sure. like, we, we have to, it, it, and if we have to be responsible, we need to bake it into the design in a way where it's, where it's disguised, yeah. right? To where it doesn't look so forced. And I think, to me, that just means furniture interventions. I think that it means the way that we lay out the spaces. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that we're at a point now where we would build these hard definitive walls and environments that begin to dictate what a post COVID or interim COVID mm -hmm. moment looks like mm -hmm. because we could be out of it before we know it. Yeah. Right. So um, I think we just have, kind of have to make do with what we have. Yeah, right. right? Damn, I hear you. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, and, I, and it, it is tough, but I think that we will get past it. Right. And I think, and who knows how, how office is going to mutate. I think that, um, you know, maybe some of the corporate headquarters and some of the larger corporate spaces may be uh, partially utilized. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then depending on whether or not you have a suburban workforce. I mean, one of the things that I, to think about and I kind of talked about my team was if most of your office lived in the suburbs and half of your office lived in the city you know and let's say you needed to reduce 50% of your occupancy you've already got the 50% that needs to operate in the city based on who lives there right and then those that are out in the suburbs rather than working remote they can go to a hub that's tangent to you know the office yeah in the city so I don't know you know it's a kind of like the the suburban analog mm -hmm. and maybe those things start to pop up, right? Yeah, I mean, I so, definitely think that those will yeah, pop up. Yeah, you're giving, you're giving away trade secrets now. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't talk about that. T yeah. Tell me about your wine, your wine, like, you, yeah. when did you get on this the Pinot is, Noir? I know we're gonna go off um, on a tangent real quick. Oh, is this a, a Pinot? Is it a Pinot? I don't know. Is it a Malbec? I think it is a... Min, yes, it's a Malbec from yeah. yeah, yeah. I like it, man. I love it's one of my favorites. <laughs> so, are you traveling a lot, or do you? Um, no, not currently. Well, obviously, yeah. With the... yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before, pre. Uh, well, you just said you have a, a little little man. So yeah, yeah. I got, I've got a little guy. Yeah. We haven't traveled really since. I mean, we took him to Florida. Yeah, but we haven't gone international. Gotcha. With him, I mean, we went international when we were expecting him, but yeah. So he's been to you know he's been to Italy and yeah, he's been to go. Ireland and. Yeah. You know, but have you but, been uh, to like the the Salon de Moble or the Architectural Biennial or anything? Yeah, like that? I have actually. I've been to the to the um, what you know in Venice the yeah. the Biennale they call the Biennale, it right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I've been there and actually it was the Art Biennale when I was in Venice, um, Fuck, a couple so years ago. Cool, man. Yeah, it was pretty that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. I mean, we got lost in Venice like in a good way, right? Yeah. So I always try to get away from the tourists. Yeah, yeah, and in that long city is tough. Uh, we we're only there for three nights. Okay. But it was great. And, and it was, I, I, you know, I'd been there before and I didn't want to go, but my wife had never been. Yeah. Cause I'm like, oh God, this place is such a tourist trap. Oh, you know, and she ended up picking this great hotel, which was not surrounded by tourists. Mm -hmm. You know, we ended up finding these great restaurants where there, we were the only tourists. Mm -hmm. Right. And we kind of managed to just avoid tourists the nice. whole time. And it ended nice. up being, you know, my favorite part of Italy. <laughs> 
So, and I was it's not like, seeing anybody, just exactly. seeing locals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, getting lost in, in, in Venice, obviously, like, you know, you, you, you hit a few strips and people are shopping and everything, but, you know, we were, for the most part, we were, you know, it was, it was cool. It was nice. fun. You know, and they, they say that there are no children in Venice, right? They're, people don't live there. They don't go to school there. I, I mean, I saw schools of like, you know, kindergarten kids running Little with their Italians. backpacks on. Little yeah, Italians yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I guess you guys have just been spending time in the tourist area of Venice, huh? <laughs> Not us. You know what I mean? I was like, it's the street cred. So. Well, and speaking of hotels, I did read of one uh, solution that a hotel, I, I forgot what city it was, but they turned the rooms into private offices so that, uh, you know, they had enough space and you could get away from the house or do whatever and, and go down to hotels. And I think I just read something that the Nobu uh, Robert De Niro's in the West Loop is is scheduled to open or yeah. opened up the restaurant or something like that. Yeah. Um, hospitality design, you know, oh. to, uh, the reason I'm bringing up Robert De Niro, yeah. t tell us a little bit about or talk to me a little bit more about like the movies and stuff like that. Like, oh, I know the it. movies. <laughs> Did I mention movies? You have in the past. Oh, man. I don't, I don't know if, it, if, that's what... too, if that's too much. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't want to use trade secrets. Um, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But the, the yeah. hotels, what what, what, yeah. what uh, hotels do you like in the city down here? Uh, well, I can't say none, right? True. <laughs> yeah, true. And, well, and we do have to get, we like... Off the record, we have to uh, get into movies, and we should talk oh, about that. Off yeah, the yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. but what aspect of movies do we want to get into? Movies that are, that we might want to see, like Tenant, the new, that with uh, have, I don't know if you've seen that trailer. Oh my gosh! So you just talked about a million square feet need to be activated. How about we just record a movie in there? We should do that. A little pilot. Uh, yeah. Right. Shoot a <laughs> set film. design the whole yeah. nine. That would be awesome. Now we just have to find somebody to fund it. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be the it would be the tenant broker to show. That's the, right. The, hey, there you go. You know, right? We know lots of brokers. This is true. They have we to should find out who's representing space. that space. Let's get some tenant rep brokers in here. I'd be like, hey, listen, we got this idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a Wizen, wait, Wizendale <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> who's Wizendale? Exclusive. Patent Wizendale right exclusive. I'm helping. I'm helping the other team here. <laughs> A no, brainstorming for Wisendale. No, I I do yeah. wanna I do wanna thank you for, for yeah. um you know being open to coming on because yeah. I think like this is the sharing the information I think is super yeah. important right and the networking you get the networking and yeah. you know having the I know you were on a podcast uh, recently too yeah. but uh, I think that information is important and sharing yeah. that information and shit yeah. like that too so yeah um the, the Hoxton Hotel I mean like everyone Hoxton's talks about nice. it and yeah. I, you know like to, not to plug the competition again but you know. It's a cool place to go. I mean, I will say I do prefer like the Lazy Bird mm -hmm. speakeasy mm -hmm. beneath to even like the, you know, rooftop experience yeah. or or the the lobby of the space just because, you know, I just feel like there's too much furniture in there sometimes. A lot you know? of furniture. I'm like, boom, oh my God, just yeah. don't, you know, I can't go, I turn and I bump into a sofa. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, there's just too much furniture in here. I mean, you got more furniture than, than this showroom. You know what I mean? You have more furniture than the merchandise market. I was like, I was like, yo. I went, the first time I went in there, I didn't know who designed this. I said, who designed this space? Yeah. I need to talk to them. They got right. way too much furniture in here. Was it G? It was great. Was it great? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so but, funny. But, but that's like, you know, but the speakeasy, I like. It's cool. Uh, I like to, uh, you know, it's fun to go down there, listen to some guys play music. Mm -hmm. The vibe is nice. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that... Um, 
you I know mean, the, the ace i feel is always nice i like yeah. the style i mean the yeah. staff really make that oh yeah you know i mean i, I know the, that hospitality is around in general makes it makes the hotel mm, some people don't look at it that way though right because yeah. for a while and i always say this to my wife yo they think it's cute to be rude yeah to, to their to their clients it doesn't work yeah right it doesn't that doesn't that doesn't make me happy i don't like that right it's like, <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna tip her big because she's treating me bad yeah you know i, I don't like i don't that. understand that so yeah. so you're right so so good service stands out mm-hmm. you know for that reason because i think that for a while we did go through a period where everyone thought it was cool to be rude and mm-hmm. and, and it's totally not yeah yeah the roby's really nice too i haven't been to the roby that's in on uh in wicker park over there um, okay. But all the classics, uh, I I liked what they were doing at Freehand, obviously on Ohio, um, but who knows, man? That's still crazy to think yeah. like what's going on right now with the COVID and the hospitality. Yeah, it's still dire for sure. Yeah, it's very dire. Um, I, I, you know, a restaurant in my neighborhood, uh, they had to close for a couple of days because someone, one of the staff members, got COVID. You know, they wouldn't say, you know, who it was, but I did see the chef and everybody out on the street getting fussed out so um damn yeah so i'm thinking it was somebody in the kitchen that's um, crazy yeah so what, what do you do for hobbies or i mean i know mm. you you're reading a little bit and um, um hobbies right now i would say would man, be, I, know you got, I know you got a kid and stuff that's, so that's yeah that's kind of that's it. kind of it. <laughs> that's kind of it you know there's not no one's making tv shows right now so there's nothing to watch right so yeah. say, i finished netflix right it, yeah you know exactly. what I mean? so so aside from you know the playing with the little guy yeah you know obviously keeping the pencil sharp in regards to um you know knowledge that might be gained whether Mm -hmm. it be architecture or investment you know how do we um you know differentiate ourselves and and help expand you know our knowledge and wealth and one of the things i mean obviously i like shoes yeah 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 i see yeah yeah i'm looking at you know like watching StockX a little bit Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looking at looking at a few sneaks, <laughs> wondering if I might buy a couple and put them on the market. Yeah. So there yeah, just kind of thinking nice about it. Hobby like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What What other cities are are you like keeping your ear to or? Yeah. Uh, um, as, as I would say work. I'm kind of not at the moment. To you be honest, one? I'm not at the. Oh, moment. you're not. No, no, I'm not. I'm not, and I probably should be, but I haven't really thought about not not know, to move. I'm just pivot. saying in general, like that are making yeah. some good architecture. Or, yeah and it's so tough because some of these it's, questions just land so they, they don't land because shit's not happening that's that's exactly right and that's <laughs> what i'm gonna say i was like well you know and maybe i'll put it this way i've been so focused on trying to drive our business forward mm-hmm. here regionally and hold on to like professional relationships that have been acquired and gained pre-covid that i haven't given much thought to like expanding into um you know, either secondary markets or smaller markets, or even trying to be like, man, where are these guys doing over there? That's pretty awesome. But I would love to get into Detroit, and I know you guys are from yeah, there. I got friends from don't there. Don't go to Detroit. I got. That. Oh, you got to cover it. I got, I got yeah, that covered. You, you're Thank gonna you. lock it down. All right, cool, man. <laughs> you're gonna look after Detroit for me. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, yeah, I'm trying. All right. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do it together, then of course we could do that. But hey, man. Yeah, no, Detroit collab, is a, a little collab. It was. I mean, last week it was definitely a sight to see. People were still yeah. out and. Um, you know, I felt more comfortable downtown with the mixture of cultures than I did where my parents live because I wow. just felt like oh. downtown, like everybody's on the same spot, right? Everybody's on the same mentality. Don't give yes. a shit what you, what you look like, nothing uh. like that. 
when you go to my parents' neighborhood and they don't live in a risky neighborhood, but it's like, it's like, okay, I know you're not wearing a mask because it's your oh, stand yeah. and everything, oh, yeah, all that yeah. shit. So, right. Um, but no, but Detroit was definitely, um, good to see. And as I told people, when I would go in the past, the firms that I would work with, uh, they never focused on Detroit. So I would, I would just go out leisurely with friends and family. But now that like I have my ear to Detroit, now the conversation is yeah. changing of who's doing what. And yeah. there's a lot of cross-pollination from different, yeah. whether it's Savills or Rice sure. Eyes or just a lot of um, a lot of people still think of Detroit. Yeah. And I'm like, why, why can't we fucking do that? You know, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but that's the plan. Yeah, we'll man. See. I think Detroit, you know, I'm going to reverse myself. I said I haven't given much thought. So, no, no, but Detroit, yeah, definitely, right? I, I thought about Detroit and I think about Detroit. And I think that, so this is what <laughs> emerging My man's markets. Already sending man. out proposals to Detroit. Yeah, I'm like right now, <laughs> let me text somebody. Hey, yeah. shoot that Qualls package out to everybody. Bedrock, Ace we coming for you, right? I got some stuff to show you. Uh, <laughs> I feel like. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, I, no, I think that we, take, we think about, you know, getting outside the Chicago market. Mm-hmm. Um, places are really saturated, like New York, San Francisco, L.A. Like, what are the new emerging American markets? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I think Nashville is saturated. Yeah. You know, like, Detroit is emerging, and it has been for a while. Yeah. Right? Milwaukee, I think, has some opportunity. Yeah. You know, those types of places I think could be kind of interesting, but what are the others? And I think it's worth kind of studying and researching what those things might be other than, you know, what's obvious Mm -hmm. and some of the barriers to entry in places like Detroit, I think would be the fact that, you know, you're an outsider, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not one of us, but I know you got boots on the ground there. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that helps from there for sure. So that helps. Yeah. Yeah. I got, you know, Woody's there now and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and I think that that helps, that helps really break into that market, yeah. right? And I, and I think that you can be competitive too, again, back to like the, the nimble, um, you know, the, the sort of nimble ability to function, uh, I think can help, right? Yeah. Where you're not going to be handcuffed by a corporate oligarch that says, Nope, you got to bring $500,000 for this small project, Wait, but this project can't garner that, but we can build a relationship that can be just as or if not more profitable than mm. this one-off, right? Mm-hmm. I think that as design, as, as designers and creatives, we need to get away from the one-off, right? I think it works in high design and high art, mm-hmm. but the price tag associated with those things seem to make sense also, right? So we got to stop, and, and I think that we got to be yeah. smarter. And that's one of the things that this has kind of taught me. Not, not taught me, but it's something I've always known. Architecture is... It, it's a stupid man's profession. And, and I don't mean that in a condescending way. I'm just saying that w- too often we look at products as a sort of singular endeavor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where no other business functions that way. Yeah. Unless you're going to 10 or 20 X, you know, your return. And that's not happening on the design Unless side. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes, but yeah. yeah exactly. He did. Right. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's amazing. He's like once in a lifetime. It's amazing. Crazy. I'm not even mad at that salary. Was it 500 million, I think, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like 503 or 77 guaranteed with like a $140 million injury waiver, whatever that means. So, 
I'm like, man, this guy, and 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 he's got the outs in his contract that he wanted. So if they like, if they do anything to violate the contract, he can walk with his guaranteed money. Wow, man, dude, yo, it, it, that's crazy. That's nuts. Theister Gates has a hoodie that says "Black Wealth Lives Here." He needs to send it to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> he needs to let him borrow it, sign it, you know, buy him one. I hope the is listening. Money. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we'll send yeah. it over to him. Yeah, like check this out. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, man, and and I think what you were talking about is, you know, the industry has been so much trans uh, transactional. Yeah. Right. And and that's what Wisendale and that's how we're positioning it is to be more than transactional, right? To to cover all the bases, to yeah. be able to have that relationship longer than just once we punch list of space. Right. Um, but right now, I mean, the focus is more on the marketing only because it's such on the forefront and it's taking a lot more to build the architecture portfolio sure. and to build that that sort of work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that is the backbone of what we're doing at Wisendell is just building spaces. But then again, this ancillary to, to help that transition through. Yeah. So it's an, I mean, interestingly enough, I think it might actually be easier. Like building an architecture practice is hard. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. I think it might even be easier to self start, you know, endeavors rather than actually wait and work towards someone calling you to hire you to be their architect. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that it may in some cases be easier to self start jobs. And so, yeah. and, and there's like a list of people that have done that. Um, Sebastian Marscal used to work with Jonathan Siegel. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he mm -hmm. kind of the same graduated in the seventies and you know, there were no jobs and he bought a small house and renovated it and lived in it for three years and then sold it. And he's like, Oh man, I made some pretty good money doing that. Why don't I just keep doing that and never work for anybody? <laughs> and he never did, you know? And so like he's an architect and a developers and um, he had a course in the seminar that he did for years. I think he still runs it now. Um, which is just about how to do that, how to pull that off and how to achieve that. Um, and, and, and there's the, those are the kind of things I think that begin to unlock, you know, the, the, uh, not just like the earning potential of the architect, but the ability to do more good. Right. Because I think if you're in the creative world in some ways, you're a do-gooder. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's a good thing. And we need more good done here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. But the fastest way to get good done is to have money to be able to do good, right? Patrick and Mahomes. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Yo. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, right. So, so I think if we, if we, if we, if you create a situation where you can have a larger role in development at a small scale and use your expertise and your skills to become an owner, and then use some of the money from that to further your other interests. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that you make the city better, you make yourself better. Um, and I think it's a win-win on, you know, multiple fronts. Um, and yeah. that's really, and it, it, make, it doesn't even make sense where along the lines that architects just become the guy that sits in a chair and does exactly what. Well, I mean, I, th says. I always say, are you licensed? Have you ever been licensed? Are you an architect or? I, I am, I am a, <laughs> how do I describe myself? I am the anti-architect. Okay. I am, I am, it's so funny. I am, yeah, I would say the anti-architect. I'm more a business entrepreneur and thinker and creative okay. than architecture, than gotcha. an architect, right? But you went and to so school for? I did. Okay. I, I went to school for Virginia Tech for five years. I've worked at, you but know. But I'm saying you went to school most, for architecture. I did, yeah. yes. Okay. But I don't, but I, but I, I think that, 
it's a means to an end, like, like many things. Yeah. Right. The biggest trick you can fall into is thinking that you will be the star architect. Right. And I think that having worked in star architecture firms, there are so few of them. There are probably 10. You can count them on like, you know, two hands, right? There's Mm -hmm. 10 of them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we go down the list, but if you're not that guy, then it really doesn't pay to play in the sandbox, so to speak. Long term, right? I mean, you have to diversify. It's really hard. It's a highly competitive, you know, practice. Even, you know, being at Partners, we are, and I always tell people this, we're the best interior firm in the world. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. Oh, my God. I mean, you guys, uh, I know Whitney won the the Greater Chicago Food Depository Real Estate Awards, but Partners wins that all the time. Yeah, we we were, well. Well, you guys were, you guys couldn't apply. Yeah, because you guys won twice it. in a row. That's right, because we yeah. went too much. Uh, don't, don't worry. Let me say it. Because oh, you okay. guys win too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't let me say it. Right, right. And that's just, <laughs> and that's just, that's just here. I mean, there are people that don't even know about us. I mean, we are, and I'll, and I'll say this because I worked at SOM. I would say like the strongest collection of talent that I've seen, yeah, in practice has been in that office. Yeah, and and so, but but even with that, like look, we're saying, like we're we're a successful firm. But we had to have the best people that I've ever seen in the office to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you look at SOM, that's another firm that is operating at the highest level of architecture. Santiago Calatrava, KPF, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I think that there are a lot of smaller firms that are struggling. And I think if you just pigeonhole yourself into this bubble of I'm the architect, yeah, you know, wait till I get a phone call from a developer, yeah. you might have some lean nights. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> So it's like, well, I, I think it's prideful too, right? Like yeah, it's pride. I, I always know when architects, you know, go through, and there's always been a, a um, I guess, beef between architecture and interior design. And I'm actually going to have Tom Spanner on, uh, Spanner on uh, in the next couple of days to talk about advocacy for interior design. But they, it, it is more of a pride thing, right? The profession, like they sure. do a lot to take it, seven tests or however many tests sure. there are. To, Six tests now. Six? Seven? It was seven. Well, six. Six. Know. But like it was there, eight there, and there six is, and then, there is yeah. that sort of pride, yeah. right? And that, you know, they carry that through their profession and their career. So, you know, why yeah. why would why would I belittle myself between, you know, finishes? Well, I'd rather have fees than pride. Oh my you god. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So Absolutely. All this, Absolutely. like, was I mean, oh man, pride before the fall. Yeah. My mom used to always tell me that, yeah. right? I live by that, and and so, <laughs> uh, hey, I'm not too proud at all, right? right. Um, I I think that pride is a problem, and that's a problem with the profession as well, right? I think, like, uh, there's there's a lot of work out there to be done mm-hmm. uh, as a creative, and I think that to limit and de- not evolve, like at, at some point, you got to say architects are de-evolving, right? Because business is changing constantly. Agreed. COVID has shifted the way people work and, you know, people are still rolling. Architects can't, they seriously can't think that AutoCAD and Revit were like the largest interventions that have happened in the profession. I mean, they were, but they shouldn't have been, right? Like, why hasn't the business model shifted? Mm -hmm. And I think that the future, like I said, is more lean, it's more agile. It's it's one where, how about this? How has the architect been, man, I'm gonna go on a tangent, all right. So, on <laughs> a good it. day, Love depending on the going. job. All right, 3% of construction costs mm. as design fee. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> oh my god of the construction costs now these guys aren't trying to break even they're not trying to break even on the construction costs so if you really if if, if you know if you look at the profit margin at the end of a project three percent of the construction costs that's like 0.002 percent of the deal as a whole yeah that's stupid that's bad business right and why in, in God's name would we would we think that that's a smart way to practice as a professional? It yeah. just doesn't make any kind of sense. And yeah. I think that from the contractual side, there's probably greater opportunity to evolve. And not only do you get such a small return, but you have all the liability. You're going to sign your life away. You're going to open yourself up to being sued and liable. When this guy gets all the money, that doesn't make sense. That just sounds like a bad business model. So, right? Agreed. So I think that I think that there's going to become a world where. Well, I think it, people do that. Yeah. Some, some the smart ones do that. Have been yeah. Practicing that way. But. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, but I just think that. Um, I mean, I just wonder how develop how do developers look at us? Do they look at us as waiters where they want this, this, and this? A waiter slash chef where we take their order and we go back to the kitchen and we make it also, and then we come back and then we don't even get twenty percent tip, but we get three percent tip. You know what I mean? Is that how they look at it? And maybe it's so. Maybe they see the guy coming with a stamp and they say, there's our idiot that's going to that's gonna sign his life away and be liable for all this stuff and we're only going to give him the morsels from our plate. I don't know. But I just think that it sounds like a bad deal. So how do we begin to change the model of how we practice? And does that mean that, you know, the way that we structure contracts changes? Does that mean that we have more skin on the game on the front end of the deal or on the back end of the deal, right? So by, by that, I mean, do you finance the design of the job through a certain phase when the developer is flush with cash and then they can pay you out at a higher margin Absolutely. than you, know, yeah. you would have otherwise yeah. requested? How do you do that when you need, I don't know, 20 grand worth of rent for your firm. Yeah. Well, not, not your, I, not, yeah, yeah. and again, I'm not speaking no, 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 on your no. firm. I'm speaking yeah. on firms in general. Well, you know, and, and that's why I'm, I am really excited with Wisendell's because yeah. we have that flexibility to sure. be able to say, hey, get us on the back end. Let's right. see how it happens. Let's see how it works yeah. out. And then, and then we'll yeah. call from there. So, do you know what I'm saying though? Like, Absolutely. Like, I think that, so here's, a, here's the, the thing that nobody is kind of talking about. You can only do it from the beginning. You know what I mean? Once the ball is rolling with, uh, with the architecture business model and you're locked in, you don't have the opportunity to pivot in the way that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like you're stuck. You're stuck because... Well, it, I think you can pivot. I think it just takes a long time. It takes you, have a, to, you have to be ready to ride it out. It, yeah, you have to be ready to ride <laughs> it out. I mean, I, and I, you know... Uh, and I do have a lot of friends that are developers and what I've, and they would never admit this, but it's what I've, what I've seen. Um, no names, no jobs, just saying. And, and it's not with my current firm. Again, just saying, you know, it was over a year before we got paid one invoice on a project. So that's the entire team. What does that mean? We were in construction before we got all the money that we invoiced. That means that our labor was financing the job. They're doing it anyway, right? <laughs> They're doing it anyway. So why don't you get smart? And when you write your contract, you come up with a number that looks really damn good. And you say, listen, I don't want to burden the job on the front end. I don't want to, I don't want to pull down 
you know, your, your development fees at all. You know, let's really try to structure this in a way that makes sense. You know, so the, the soft cost is shifted because I, Hey, I got the feeling you're going to do this anyway. So if we could front load 25% and then save this, the 75% in the back, and then we try to find a way to work that into a business model. Maybe that means we do a bunch of smaller jobs simultaneously while we're waiting on the payout for this one, or you have to get creative with, um, you know, whatever loan or financing small business loan that you're dealing with, whatever, 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 you know, the metric is and the mechanism is figure it out and then try to get more money you know, near the back end. And what that's going to do is actually allow you, I think, to, um, you know, push through the early phases sooner rather than later. And I think to me, ultimately, the trigger point is probably going to be around this, around the CD drawings, because, mm -hmm. you know, that's what they want anyway. They want to be able to get to permanent under construction. Yeah, permit. yeah absolutely. So if you do 25 and then 75 paid upon issuance of permit, then you're saying, I've got skin in the game. If I can't get you this permit, then I don't get my money anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So 25, 75, and then, and then you help them finish the building out. I don't know. I mean, there, there's, there's had to be, yeah, there's different ways. Yeah. There's gotta sure. be a more creative way to get more money. Mm -hmm. and I think in, and I, and because you're right, like architects and engineers are financing these jobs. Like sometimes these payouts are getting pretty long, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. be like, Hmm. Man, how'd I know that? I mean, you could put any, it doesn't matter. What, why do they matter what numbers in the contract? You can say $500 million. They're not going to pay it until they have the money yeah. anyway. So, right. That's and so, true. so, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, that, 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 I mean, that's a deep thought for sure. Yeah. Because I think that that is important and it is the way that should be done. I think COVID's helping that. And yeah. COVID's accelerating the way that firms are happening and people, I just can't imagine the rent. Yeah, the rent thing is nuts. I think. Like, I mean, even if you're at one Madison over there, oh yeah, G, like that's oh, yeah. huge rents. Oh yeah, that's yeah, and I think that's why you see these large firms have these layoffs, which is which really, I mean, it's, um, significant layoffs, right? Yeah, and I think that's also why I think that um, it's going to be hard for them down the road. Yeah, because when it starts to dry up, and those big projects dry up, then what happens? to them when they have all that overhead they've got oh, you got 15 principals you've got you've got 16 associate principals you know you've got 30 associates and then you've figures, got like yeah. 200 people i mean oh my god you know and then you've got the the overhead and you know i maybe and i and i said this a few times and it might be true now have we seen the end of the multi-billion dollar job i think so right Maybe I don't. I know we we had Burj Khalifa. Um, there was the World Trade Center, which was like a four point six billion dollar job. I don't know that those things will exist, right? And so it does make you wonder about building. What, what was the first project you mentioned? The 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 uh, Burj Dubai. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And and I think if you if you think about how people begin to structure, you know, their office, I think it's a time to get lean, right? Yeah. Because banking on even the $4 million job or the $2 million job, mm -hmm. you know, it might be for a while just cobbling together smaller mm -hmm. efforts mm -hmm. that help you get through, you know, the near term. Well, and it's also strain, diversifying, right? Yeah. Like instead oh, of, instead yeah. of going up, you're going more, you're well, spreading out more. Yeah. And it is a full town yeah. that you make yeah. your own utopia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I yeah. would love, you know, 
diving into that, like I know Sterling Bay is trying to do more of their own ecosystem with their buildings, and I think that yeah. is a new wave. It, it's actually been a wave, but not not so many people know about it. But like I think that's interesting too, right? Yeah. Like, utilizing the different spaces that you have sure. for the, the the tenants. Yeah, I mean, that's they be, huge. They become like these flex event spaces. Yeah. Right. So thirteen thirty. Um, Fulton, right there. I remember walking in there during Christmas. I was headed to a meeting, Sterling Bay's office, and they had, you know, turned that lobby space, that really huge, beautiful lobby space, mm-hmm. into a space for this choir that was singing, and it was just awesome, man. It was like, yeah. man, it's yeah. Christmas, you know what Chills. I mean? It was like, I was like, <laughs> da, da, da. I was late to the meeting, dun, 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 dun. You know, just like feel it. I went upstairs and they they understood. Yeah. So you know, but it was it was nice. It was um, it was had some chestnuts roasting. You know, <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, I think that the the able the ability to utilize these spaces in a way that could mm-hmm. maybe garner some revenue for the developer is 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 huge. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting too. Like, man, we're at such a pivotal moment. I don't know what's gonna happen. I have no idea. Me neither. Right? I have no idea what's going to happen, but it's interesting. It's right? so interesting. It's I, very interesting. Who knows what's going to But I just know that we need to evolve and we need to change. We need to be smarter. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to diversify. As creatives, we need to diversify. Agreed. You know? Agreed. And so, and, and, you, and you're building a solid team. I yeah. mean, you got you got some all-stars. Yeah, for sure. That are working with you. Yeah. And I mean, I'm excited to see where you guys yeah. go. Fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, how do we... Uh, we shouldn't go anywhere from there. We should end it on that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Thank you for the support, as always. Yeah. Um, where can people find you or reach out to you or any... I don't know if you um, drop any of that. Uh, Brett, Brett gave his home address oh. last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett's a good friend of mine, but I'm not going to be as crazy as him to give my home address. He, uh, he literally well, gave his home address, and I had to... I, like, dropped where he actually gave his, like, yeah. suite number. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to fucking put that out there. Yeah. No. Uh, just, yo, hit me up on LinkedIn. Okay, cool. Patrick Clay. Okay. Um, the black cool. guy in a suit. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but today a yeah. t-shirt. I love but it. today a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm on I'm on Instagram, but not really serious about social media. No Facebook. Okay. You know, it, it's yeah. LinkedIn. Gotcha. LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah LinkedIn. Clay. Yeah. Dope, man. Well, All thank right, you, bro. dude. Cheers, real quick. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Your safety is important. If you observe unattended packages, vandalism, or suspicious activity, inform CTA personnel immediately.